welcome to the Pub Meeple Podcast with your hosts Gary, Shuck, Just Brian, and Proper Brian. On episode 38, we talk about Pub 2020 Top 5. So grab a brew, join us at the pub, and let's talk board games. Well, hey guys, uh, good to have you guys around the table, or the virtual table, uh, again. And uh, let's, you know, kind of talk some games, get the pub back together. And I'm excited about this episode. Our top fives are always kind of fun. Always uh, some some strong feelings about those those top five games. What, what have you guys? What are you guys drinking tonight? What, what's what's your brew of choice? I got a uh, an old time Texas classic. I pulled out the Shiner Bock tonight. That Shiner's good. Uh, it's you know it's never a bad beer. <laughs> it's never a great beer, but it tastes you know really it tastes good. I like it. You should do their you should do their commercials. <laughs> I'm not sure that's how they want to be known. We're not great, but we're not bad either. You know, <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. I, I agree with you. I agree with your assessment. Like Shiner's good, uh, but not not. I, I never, I rarely reach for it. But yeah, there's times where it's like Shiner's the best beer available right now, and I know I can drink it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, what about yourself, just Brian? I've been a. Uh... Just fighting a bit of a cold today, so I've just did the throat coat. I, oh, man. I went to the yeah old like it actually reminds me of back in college. Uh, my wife was teasing me earlier about how I was on death's bed with like pneumonia, and she's like, "Just straight throat coat," you know. And that's what we thought we were doing, and I, ne- I really needed antibiotics. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's what I'm doing tonight. Well, how about yourself, Proper Brian? Doing something similar to Jess Brian. I'm sipping on some tea. It's one of my favorites. It's the English breakfast with some lemon. It's been, you know, cold outside and snowy. And so I was like, I need a warm, I need a warm drink. So I've got tea. And there's, I don't know what it is, but a warm tea when it's, when the weather's cold, I, I think warm tea's better than, than, you know, than that hot coffee, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my coffee, but yeah, that warm tea in the evening or whatnot. And mm-hmm. it's great. Uh, well, I've, I've got just a um, uh, founder's dirty bastard. Uh, yeah, I almost, I'm, I almost had that one tonight, <laughs> man. I mean, I, it's, it's all, it's kind of one of those nice ones to have sitting in the, sitting in the fridge. I use nothing really new, but Hey, uh, sometimes you want familiar beers and sometimes you want familiar games, right? Yeah, I think for a cold evening, I think those Scotch ales are, are just perfect. <laughs> yeah, they're great. Well, I guess kind of speaking to, uh, to things that are unfamiliar to us, or at least some of us, just Brian, I know you, you and Chuck had, had kind of a game you wanted to spotlight for for us. You wanted to kind of pitch to Proper Brian and I, and uh, you guys seem quite enamored with this game, and you wanted to uh, suggest to us that that we should play this game. So in lieu of kind of talking about what, what else we've been playing, how, how about you guys tell us why we need to play this game? Go tell us what it is and tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, sure. Um, Parks is a game that I wanted to back on Kickstarter, actually, and I think I was already backing something else at the time that was – and maybe it was a zombie side. I don't really remember. I ended up not backing it, regrettably, but I found it in Target. And I think it's pretty much the same components and everything quality as it was on Kickstarter, which is, you know, kind of rare sometimes. Anyway, so I picked it up. It's a very pretty game. I cannot remember how many artists uh, collaborated in this game, but all of the parks that you actually go to, which is basically a set, set collection game. You're set collecting different components like sun and water was it trees and I mountains mountains uh, you, animals are wild they're just resources but so you turn those in and you you go to this park is what you you do is you you go to this park. but all of the cards are separate artists that have 
drawn these beautiful pictures of each one of those, which is what originally drew me to the game to begin with was just how pretty it was. But on top of that, I mean, component quality is just top notch. Uh, the insert is one of the best inserts I've ever seen. Like I almost, I, I really don't even want to buy the expansion that just came out because it's not going to fit. And I don't want to mess with the insert because it's great. One of the reasons why I wanted it is y'all know me. I'm a medium to lightweight style, like family game type of uh, person. I tend to buy those types of games. Uh, I don't like teaching really complicated games, to be honest. And so this is a very, it's not really light, but it is definitely a medium. It's not much harder than that style worker placement. But the worker placement is very interesting in the way that it works. It's kind of unique where you're following this trail, which is very thematic to the park. You're going down a trail and you move your pieces. You can use parts of the trail that other people have used, but you have to put your campfire out so that you can go to their trail or whatever, and then you can relight your campfire later. But it's it's really interesting that you go down this trail and you can take one, you have two characters, you take one either as far as you want to go or you can kind of move them along together. And and sometimes it's more beneficial to get one guy all the way to the end and, and go to a park uh, and then have the other guy sit back and collect the resources that you need to get to that park. Or maybe you get the guy like right at the end and you you wait and then you collect the resources. And there's just, there's all these different things you can and take pictures. Um, there's different ways to collect points, uh, but not too much. There are, what is it, backpacks that'll give you kind of um, like a little bit of an engine building aspect, very mild, but it's, it's kind of a combo-esque style engine building. It's really a nice family weight game. Um, I'd like to spring off that some of the things you mentioned about the trail. Uh, what really, what I, was really surprising to me about this game, without knowing really much about going into it, you think worker placement, you have two workers, that's all you have the whole game, and the trail that Shuck talked about. Well, the trail itself, just to kind of say, when you go to a place, it's either collect a resource or something happens, right? Uh, and and most of the time, it's collect a resource, get a water, get a you know animal, whatever. But every now and then, you'll get to do a thing instead so it's very worker placement but here's what's cool and 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 Chuck kind of mentioned it but I want to maybe flesh it out a little bit more you can go anywhere you want on the trail except you can't go backwards okay so so yes, you start yes. at the your two hikers start at the beginning of the trail you can jump all the way to the end if you want with one of your workers or you can just go to the next step or you can jump three steps forward your your hiker just can't go back of course Chuck mentioned you can share space with other hikers, but you can only do it once until you figure out how to relight your fire. So that's the decision you have to make is uh, I really want to go to the space that Gary's at. I only have one campfire to do it. Uh, Maybe it's worth it. Or or maybe I just need to hang my guy back a bit because I don't want to go past Gary. I really want that space. Um, Maybe I only want to go to the space once. So I shoot one worker ahead and I hold my other back. Maybe I really need to go to that space twice. And so the dynamic changes with a two-player game, a three-player game, a four-player game between having, you know, from four hikers on the trail to eight hikers on the trail and the different spaces. It's it's a really interesting mechanic because unlike other worker placement games where the worker's there or it gets removed, this one, if you just hold on a turn, the hacker will move on and then you can go or maybe they won't because they know you want to go there. So they'll stall them out, you know, and kind of chill for a bit. And it's, it's a really neat river draft in a way of worker placement that I've not seen in another game, even with a two player game. So I'm excited to hear you guys talk about this because 
I got that game for Christmas. Oh hell! Nice. And I got it out and and you know punched it out and read the rules. And I'm really excited to try it. And so all the things y'all are talking about are the things that I saw in the rules that stuck out to me as things that would be really interesting when we play it oh. finally. Yeah. Because other than that, it is very much a gather resource, turn it in for a card. I mean, we played a billion of those games. So so what makes this game different is some of the decisions you make to pick up a resource. I don't get excited about picking up water and mountains and animals, but I do get excited about sticking in a spot and, and kind of burning you a little bit, making you waste a couple of turns or yeah, a couple of actions. Block me multiple rounds where of course like, i did so and there's another thing too where everybody gets to the end and you still have a guy that you held back too long uh you have to go immediately to the end so right you can't you can't just sit back the entire time yeah. uh, there's a timing right. element then just the very last player so little game of chicken at the end basically where just the very last person has to jump forward so let me ask you so you're only going down the path one time then right for each round, three rounds, I think. Okay. During during a round, you add a you add a new spot, um, so you have a, a set of tiles, and you add a new thing that that does something different than what you were doing previously, and okay. and you reorder, so they're they're never in the same order, which gives you a little bit of uh, randomness as to far. Okay. Sometimes the thing that you want to do is like at the very beginning, and then the next round it's at the very end, and you're just like ah, <laughs> you get, okay, you have to wait, like, you cool. have to figure out how to work around it. Yeah. The planning element, the fact that you can't go backwards, sounds very much like a game that I have not got to the table yet, but uh, Lignum. And a lot of people call it planning the game, but essentially it's very much like that. Every round is a season. It's, it's about um, uh, lumberjacks, I guess, and, and uh, I mean like in Germany. But it sounds very similar in that. If you want to jump ahead and get all the saws before, like say, proper Brian gets there, that's great. But you can't go back to the step beforehand and get the fuel for those saws, right? Unless you've got like another worker coming up or or whatnot. And I don't know. I don't even know if you're getting saws or, or like saws and fuel. I, I, do, I do think you're getting tools. But to get back to the game we're talking about today, parks. I like that idea. When I read that in, in Lignum, I loved it. And when you were talking about that, I was like, this would actually probably be the version of that mechanic I could get to the table more often. So I'm, I'm definitely going to try it out because it seems like like what's the play time? Like give me. What's the two-player play time realistically with, oh. with a teach? Just at an hour. Yeah, with a teach, an hour. If you already know it, probably 45 minutes. Oh, I mean, wow. If you're really like a two-player game uh, and you know what you're doing, I could see it being a 30-minute game if you already know All how right. to play. So so you, um, you've already taught me a couple nights ago we play it again, 30 to 45 minutes. Uh, I mean, what are the rules like on it? Is, is it uh, just, just for our listeners there, um, three four pages the, or is, is it pretty short? Yeah, it's uh, the the rules are fairly well written. They're easy to follow. Maybe four or five pages okay. total. Um, but there's a lot of uh, graphical explanation, so you yeah. kind of know what's going. Four on. or five pages of some nice graphics is kind of like a nice sweet spot where it's like I can absorb that pretty quickly if I've got some graphics. Um, so you so you have this game then, Proper Brian. You you just haven't got to the table yet, man. I do, and I was going to mention the other thing that excited me about this game was that it was my wife that gave it to me and she got it because she saw it and was excited to play it. Oh, wow. It's it's something that's something that appealed to her and uh, she read about it and she was like, Ooh, I love the art in it. I love the idea. And I think the theme is cool. Yeah. I mean, so she was like, I want to get this for you because I want to play it. I'm I'm a sucker for a unique theme. Yeah. For as simple as it is, it it really is pretty thematic. I know it was uh, on sale at target recently. So I'm going to have to go check and see if I can do a, uh, uh, curbside pickup at, at my local Target there. 
uh, now, now that you guys are talking about that. So yeah, so um, maybe, maybe we'll all maybe we'll all own it here by by the next time we record. But um, now, you know, so yeah, um, most of our gaming is like online or with family, right? So if, if we can get these like kind of family weight games with with some really cool mechanics, we actually get excited about it. It's, it's more than just your you know your your Unos, your Skip Bows, you know your your uh, your Candylands or whatnot. Um, although I know we do have that uh, that house role for Candyland that apparently makes it amazing. Um, I think that's something good we can we can talk about and recommend. So yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing that with us. Candyland, the campaign game. <laughs> Candyland Legacy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh my God, Candyland Legacy. Well, transitioning from a, from a game that's, that's new to some of us, let's let's talk about some games that uh, we've probably well that aren't new to aren't new to us. Some games that are uh, that we're all pretty familiar with. I, I don't think there's too many surprises on our list, but we'll get to that. This is our our pub top five, and then we'll talk about our, our personal top fives. Sean, you're the one that kind of compiled the data. You want to kind of go over it and, and and kick us off with a pub top five. Yeah, sure. There, there is a surprise to me, to be honest, but we'll get to that later. So starting with number five, uh, this was number three last year. It dropped to number five uh, because of the surprise to me. But uh, this is Scythe. Gary, you're, um, you you make this one drop pretty far. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I, this is, I, I this like is your This is your My Great Western Trail. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I like Scythe. And in fact, I had a, recent, I had a good experience with it recently online. But um, for whatever reason, it's just not like not in, in my top top of my list like, like it is with you guys. And so, yeah. Um, so yeah. like just to give you a little. So it's it's uh, let's see, within our top eight, all of us and <laughs> yours is like 150 or something. Is it 150? <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was <laughs> pretty. It was pretty stinking low. <laughs> it gets, I'm so sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, hold on. I, I, I got it right here. I want to see 166. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the standard deviation on this is quite large. Man, I, I <laughs> yeah. kind of messed that one up for you guys. Not I, it, surely it's better than 166. I like it. I, I like the game. It. I feel like Shiner beer. You know, it's never bad. It's not bad, but never great for me. <laughs> I know it's the opposite for you guys. It's always great, never bad. So I mean, I I, I get it. I get it. Well, I'm sorry, so, I screw that up. So while we're talking about how can you briefly tell us how you, how we came up with this list so that our our people listening can know yeah so we take all of our individual rankings uh and we uh, mash them together and do some fancy maths this year we changed it up a little bit or i did to try to implement what we had changed onto the uh, the website for all of the ranking of games there probably ryan you're more familiar with the the math behind was the name of that uh, algorithm that we kind of implemented here it's called the bayesian average and it's a way to even out rankings when there's a large disparity in the number of rankings or even it, it works even with a small group of rankings like we're using now but on the site uh you know one game can have eleven thousand rankings and another game can have 50 and it does level that level that out so that you can compare them still I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna use that phrase like at work someday. I'm be like, "Well, we need here is a Bayesian average for this data set." <laughs> just be like, just be like, just so people are like, "Oh man, he knows what he's talking about." Like, don't ask me to explain. You know, you gotta, you gotta do aim high enough where they won't. They're f- afraid to ask you to explain it. 
and then and then I'll be okay. You know, if they ask me to explain it, I do feel that uh, this year's feels more like a pub ranking than it has. Not that it hasn't in the past, but I think this Bayesian average really works well. It gives a it gives the right weight to games where only three or two of us have played. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I've noticed. I've noticed also that I'm usually have tons of my games. Like almost, I'm always in the top five personally. And now there's a few of mine that aren't. So I think I think you're probably right. You're less popular in our group. I'm usually five out of five, but this year <laughs> I'm three out, of, three out of five. So <laughs> what the Bayesian average what we really mean is it's a non-Brian. The non-Brian. Right. No, that's <laughs> what we have to research. It. <laughs> <laughs> They're ranking every day. Yeah. All right. So so we got you off track. So that was Scythe was our number Sorry. five. But I, hey, I talked about Scythe. Does anyone else want to chip in? You guys, you... So I got the, um, for Christmas, I, my, my parents got me the, my little scythe, um, which I'm kind of excited to play with the kids. So not only is it, you know, maybe spoilers later, one of my favorite games, but you know, now I get to play it with the kids too. So that's awesome. So, uh, going to number four, this was number one last year. So it dropped a little bit. Um, Oh, wow. And I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Whose fault that is, but it is the gallerist. Oh man. Wanna... Um, and this may just be one of those that we haven't played in a while. Maybe that yeah. has something to do with it. I'm not sure. I think I'm the lowest ranked. That that always does affect the game, right? You know, when when uh when we re-rank these and if you haven't played a game in a year, it's gonna naturally drop a little bit, right? Um, I mean it's just not, I think human nature, yep. right? It, it it comes up when you when you're comparing it against that game you played six months ago, it's easier to go, nah, the newer game, you know. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of natural. It is always surprising to me when I do my rankings that this game comes along and I know I haven't played it in what, maybe two years. I mean, it's been a while, but it still stays high in my rankings. I I remember the feeling I had when I played it and really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. it it's, it is a heavier game. Oh, it's, yeah, it's uh, a heavy I game. Mean, it's probably one of the, looking at our list, it's one of the, well, tied for the heaviest maybe. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> the next one may be a little bit heavier. Yeah. Yeah, that's always my feeling about it, too, when the gallerist comes up. Even though it's been a while, it's like it's still a game that's like, man, I really, really want to play that game again yeah. because I remember playing it and loving it. I mean, everything from the art in it, the, the graphic design, um, the mechanics yeah. in it are great. I love the the way it does worker placement with the kickout action. It's one that I don't own. It's, it's in my top 10, and I don't own it, and I really feel bad about that so it's it's funny we we talk about talked about parks earlier and this kind of reminds me of like the heavy version of parks very beautiful art i mean tool art is almost always good to to look at but uh but the the fact that it's about art in general yeah uh was just (laughs) kind of really cool and it seemed thematic for for what it was i i mean it's it's a good game yeah Uh, it's 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 very thematic i would agree with you all right, so number three, uh, I'm not even sure. We don't even we didn't even finish playing this, did we? Uh, this is Madeira. When, um, when we introduced you to it, yeah, we. Yeah, we, you played half did. a game, Chuck. I no, played I, half a game, three quarters of a game. I thought three quarters, yeah. Okay, so, so, and I'm I'm probably the lowest. Well, no, proper Brian's. I think a little lower than I am. This has got to come from Gary and just Brian, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Spoiler alert: we 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 uh, we bludgeoned <laughs> this one up to the the top. So just we brute forced it but, uh, with uh, with some ranking. Yeah. So you want to talk about this one a little bit, just Brian? If you haven't heard Madeira before, it's uh, basically a game about managing. <laughs> it's like it's like management the game, uh, <laughs> yeah. managing the island of Madeira during a a time when it was being deforested and uh, turned into sugar and, and wine yeah. kind of exporting for Portugal. So you're basically trying to please the Portuguese king, getting his favor, doing different things. It's so interlocking mechanisms, a lot like when we talk about Lacerda games, it has that kind of depth to it where you can't really talk about one action without it affecting two or yeah. three other actions. And so it's a, it's a fairly complex game. Um, I did not like it the first time I played it at all. It was, uh, I just didn't get it yeah. and I was, I was kind of scared of it, but as it, as it, I started to really want to play it and want to like games like that, it really started to shine for yeah. me. So I don't know. I don't know if that means it's an, it's not really an acquired taste though. It's just, it's just a hard game to yeah. Well, and, and I was trying to teach you the game online where it was not ideal either. That's not right. Game. Yeah. You teach you online through an interface yeah. that, that doesn't really have, um, yeah, even like if you're doing audio chat, that, that's a tough one. So I've been I've been working on a, a teach for it because it is more complex, and I kind of wanted this streamlined teach. And yeah. so Shuck was there for that teach; he got to kind of experience that, and I got a little feedback. So I'm kind of refining that still. What did you remember th- about the game, Shuck, in particular? <laughs> okay, so I was I was just about to mention it. So it, it's silly, but it's like one of the simplest parts of the game that was probably one of my favorite. And it, I don't know why; it's just an aesthetic thing. But the you you talked about you know the deforesting and and cutting down trees i just love the fact that when you do that you have this stack of wood and it just slowly like diminishes as you take away from it i don't know why that was my favorite part of the game but it was oh it's it's cool because you have to watch (laughs) it because because then one day you one not one day one round you go for wood and you're like uh we've deforested that area now it's just a um you know a field for like say um it's like a vineyard right or it's uh it's sugar yeah, and so, and, yeah. and like slowly progressing that into those other resources was very interesting as well. That and uh, this was the one where you had the dice. They had the pirates, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I really love that risk reward with do you grab that pirate dice or whatever to get a, a resource that you need versus potentially something really bad later. <laughs> I, I like I'll that. employ pirates to achieve great success now. I'll never mind about what happens later, you know, when I've sullied my reputation. It's not right? a very yeah. forward-thinking strategy, but it works out sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes it works out. If if I get enough good things now, I can afford to to pay off, uh, you know, to buy back my good reputation later. Shuck, I, I was glad to share that one with you. That that made me very happy that we were able to. So I'd like to get a full game in. Uh, well, I did. I did enjoy it. So I've only played it once. With I think it was Gary and just Brian. Yeah, and we watched that teach that night. Sorry. Oh no 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 that. So I enjoyed the rough. game. You beat us, I think. I think. <laughs> but I, no, I I don't think I won that game. Oh, did you? No, no. I, um, but I, think I won that one. It's the kind of game that after it was over, I wanted to play it again. Not right then. <laughs> right, because you're right exhausted, then. right? You're but, like, oh, let's go but, to bed. <laughs> but I was, but I was thinking yeah. about it a lot, and it, so anyway, yeah. it's one that I feel like if I play it again, it's going to rise in my rankings, and so we might see it even yeah. a little higher if if we can get it get it to the table. Well, well we've got two of us, uh, just Brian and I, 
and myself, we we should at some point in 2021 be receiving like deluxe editions. So once we have those in our, our sweaty little hands, we're gonna wanna wanna play that again, right? So yeah, I, hopefully 2021 the 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 arc of the year will will have, see us playing some more games in person. That would be great to give, be able to that for that to be one of them, maybe for all four of us to play it, right? Uh, considering where it ended up here. All right, so that was number three, Madeira, which was number six last year. It jumped up a little oh, bit. Wow, that's yeah, so, that's a big jump. So uh, number two is the biggest jump. So this was fifty-seven last year. <laughs> Whoa! In our combined rankings, uh, that's Irish Gauge. And it probably has one of the tightest like standard deviations. We we all rank it fairly high at such a simple oh, game. Like I'm surprised. That's what surprises me. Like we 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 go through the Galaris and the Madeira and then Irish Gate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, we slogged through Heavy Town. And then we, then we, oh, yeah, it's light, one page, one front and back rules, right? 60 minute. It reminds me kind of what you're talking about in the parks. Like, it's a lighter game, right? But it, it has some depth and it's like, uh, it's, so, it's a fun game. It's, yeah. So I got to pull this out during Thanksgiving with my family. I actually got my dad to play and he doesn't usually play games with us. I think my mom ended up winning. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. But oh. they seem to really enjoy it for a game that I wasn't quite sure if they would. Uh, I didn't know how well the stock aspect to it would, you know, go over with, with family members, but it was easy enough. It's not a lot of complicated rules. What This is a, what a one page uh, rule book type thing where it's like yeah. the front and back of the cardboard or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's really simple rules. And and what it is is um, just, just for any, any listeners who haven't heard of it, it's, it's a, it's a cube rails game. So you're, you're like Chuck said, you're, you're auctioning off shares in companies uh, and something people have to wrap their head around. And I don't know. I, I'd like to, I wanted to ask you that when you told me that you played it with some family, ask you whether it was hard for them to wrap their head around the fact that they didn't own that company outright, you know, like a little, get it and they're like, I'm blue. And you're like, no, no, you're not blue. We're both blue, you know, in the beginning. And then they, they cut on uh, a couple rounds in. it didn't take long. Yeah. So you, you buy, you buy um, shares in companies and in Ireland, uh, Irish railroad companies, and as per the, per the name there, and and then you're using little cubes, or in this case, little almost like train meeples, and you're just every turn you're building routes or you're calling dividends. But the thing about calling in this game, calling dividends means, uh, and there's there's also these little cubes that that you use for both dividends and is to place is uh, what this called special interest uh, cubes on the board, and when dividends happen, if the the cube you pulled out. You pull three of them out of the bag. If one of the cubes matches some of the cubes you have on the, the towns you've built your routes to, you get some money. But there's kind of this neat interaction between if I keep putting cubes on the board, they're less likely to get come out of the bag. If I pull them all out of the bag, then there's no, then I have no cubes on the board. And, you know, so people learn really quick, like you've got to balance that if you want to make money. I, right? That's what I really like about it is uh, you have to figure out what that balance is. Yeah. Yeah, you know? I like to call that a, a decision tension in games. I think <laughs> yeah. that uh, where it's like this push pull of uh, I need to do this and you're pulling that that pulls it one way. But at the same time, as you're pulling it that way, you're also pulling it away from something that you need. You know, I love that. So, so that ties in really well with our number one. Okay. Uh, yeah. probably, probably a little heavier, but that same kind of tension with the push pull. And that'd be oh, Lords yeah. of Vegas. Right. Ooh, yeah. Yes. yeah. Hey, Lords of yes. Vegas, way to go, number one. I was glad to see that. There. That's an older game. Yep. Too. Yeah. Last yeah. year that was thirteen, so it jumped up a little bit too. But uh, it has a, probably a lot to do with the fact that I finally played it. 
Yeah. We've all been talking about it for a while. Well, yeah. So like now, now we've all now we've all played this game and, and have probably been um, mercilessly beat beat in it, or or have been the guy who's who's just got blood on his hands and and uh, and some bodies underneath some casinos, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Backdoor casinos, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shark and I fighting on the on the uh, on the off the strip casino. We thought that was the the territory to fight for. Um, I, I don't know why. Obviously not. It's petty. <laughs> Yeah. Well, hey, what do you guys, uh, I mean, any, any more, any thoughts on it? I know, uh, I want to say, uh, proper Brian and just Brian, you guys, the Browns were the ones that introduced Chuck and I to this game. What do you guys, any, any thoughts on that game? This game's never left my top 10 ever <laughs> since I've been in top tens. Like it's, it's always in there somewhere. So Lords of Vegas, older James Ernest game. It's, it's about area control with some dice roll. It's not as random as, as much as you really swindling other people out of their property and that's what's great and then it, and then it backfires and it's even better so <laughs> I, I love watching the deals and then them not yeah. go through <laughs> yeah, i think the thing for me is i mean this is called lords of vegas right and the game feels every inch like you're playing in vegas like you're obviously you're not going to casinos and well you can in the game that's not the point of the game. The point of the game is the property management and developing your casinos and trying to backstab people and take their casinos. It's so much of it is, it just feels like Vegas. It feels like what Vegas would feel like to me. That, that taking over the casinos reminds me a lot of a choir. I, I just yeah. really like this version of it better. And may, maybe it's the deal making. I don't know. I've seen people play this game and, and myself included originally. You can play this game very mechanically. You know, uh, this is one where you can just play by the rules without really any any personality, really without any kind of dealing. And the, the game works and it's OK. But once you start dealing, once you kind of take that Chinatown uh, approach to it, where Gary, if you will roll these six dice, I will I'll sweet the deal. I'll pay for it, you know, and you're like, why would you do that for me? Well, because it helps me. And yeah. so then you then you start wonder, do I really want to do something that seems like yeah. it helps me when Brian's willing to shell out, you know, 10, 10 grand to do it? And then and so those questions start happening in your mind, like what's happening? And yeah, yeah. I could just be a really bad manager, but Gary doesn't know what's happening. So yeah. it's just really fun, you know, to double think it. Yeah, this one definitely has um has some teeth, like like very, very much take that, which kind of seems like something that we all enjoy, I believe. You know, I mean we, we seem to like or at least I know some of us, um, you know, kind of are drawn to games with with a little bit of that, or that can be that. You know, this one, like you said, is you can kind of ramp that back a little bit. Like, say you were introducing some family, you could maybe pull that back a little bit. But then once they played played one game, it's like, all right, let's, you know, kid gloves off. If you want to teach this game, you you help some you you flip that light switch on for someone else. Yeah. You you let them play a couple of rounds, get their feet wet, and then suddenly you make the deal. You're like, hey, I give you five thousand. If you just paint your casino this color and take over Shuck's casino, like you can do that. And I'm like, you will do that, won't you? You know, and, <laughs> and then suddenly they're like, oh my goodness. And then that other, then now Shuck's like, what you can do? What are you going to do for me? You know, and then suddenly we start thinking, that's right. Y'all come to daddy and I'll, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a lot of shared incentives, or at least 
you want to paint it as if you've got some shared incentives. Like, why don't we all, it's better for you and I, if, if Shuck's out of the picture, really, it's better for me if Shuck's out of the picture, but you don't have to know that you big dummy do it. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know it, 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 this game's got a lot of that. And it, it's so, it's so good. Um, and I, what I think is funny is none of us got in on the Kickstarter, but hopefully we'll, um, I kind of want to see what were the expansions that they, they, they came up with another expansion with that. Right. I want to see where that where that goes and i think the kickstarter was a little pricey for yeah it's a little yeah. pricey and i was i was hoping for some art updates yeah. uh if anything like just some of the iconography just just to modernize it a bit and it was basically the same thing so i, I think the thing i took away from the kickstarter is at least this game will be around for a while longer so i don't own it so i, I would like to eventually get it just a base game at retail uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I was kind of glad that, hey, that maybe that Kickstarter allows this to happen, right? That's a great, man, that, that's a pretty great top five for the pub. Let's go ahead and kind of talk about our individual top fives. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of crossover, obviously, but I think there's still some some games that might be some surprises for, for those that have heard one of these before, if you heard last year's. Uh, I know we've all had some some shifts. And then um, I think there's some really great games that did make the top pub top five, but uh, that are worth talking about. Uh, you want you want to kick us off, proper Brian? Sure, I will. So this game is one we actually just talked about. That's why this is probably good for me to start since we just talked about it. It's new to my top five. It, it's been in my top ten for a long time, and that's Lords of Vegas. Okay. Uh, there's really not a lot more we can say about it. I do want to say I, I feel like this game is a good step up game. Like if if you have someone that likes to play Monopoly and you want another <laughs> property management yeah. dice chunking, some backstabbing in it. You know, I, I take all your money kind of stuff. You still might uh, get a table flip out of it. Yeah. Um, uh, Lords <laughs> yeah. of Vegas is a good step from Monopoly and everyone's played Monopoly. So it's a, it's a good way to say you play Monopoly, right? Well, this is another yeah. property management kind of game, except a lot more fun. So it yeah. probably doesn't take as long either. <laughs> no. no. So, <laughs> Lords of Vegas is my number five. And you can still break up your family. Yeah. You suck grandma. All right. So we'll, we'll just Brian, you, you want to go with your number five? My number five is Concordia. Which yeah, may not be, about that one. yeah, it may not be a big surprise if you're a listener, but this is my play anytime game that I'm known for. If you want to, if you ever say you want to play Concordia and I'm in the middle of changing a diaper, I will stop what I'm doing and play Concordia. Uh, I'll wash my hands. Uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, this is a game that's about trading in the Mediterranean, which Woo-hoo. is uh, one of the Cliché. best themes. It's totally Gary's unique. Favorite. I've never yeah. heard of it. There's no other game. Where you get to trade in the Mediterranean, to me. to me, yeah, ever. No, but it's an older game, but one that I was introduced to much later. With your trading in the Mediterranean, you just get to take actions with cards. Um, it has a little bit of that hand management where you draw them all back. I will say that I guess the most unique thing to me about this game is its in-game scoring. Um, as you collect the cards that you do play that make up your hand, each one also has a way that it oh, scores. Yeah. And so if you have collected the the red card that's based on um, what how many how many regions that you're in, uh, then that particular card scores for every region. If you've collected three of those cards and you get to score for every region three times. But if Gary has collected the cards that you know give him bonuses for being in 
this. He's like, he, basically he's not going to score the same way I will because he has different cards in his hand. Yeah. And I think that's that's kind of different. I've not seen that yeah. in another game. It makes scoring a little opaque. And if you've only played online and you haven't experienced that opaqueness, uh, then I do recommend playing in person after uh, the quarantining is done. So, yeah, I think the cards in that game is my favorite part of it. I love how they're your actions, right? And so as you play them, you don't get them back until you play a certain card to get your cards back. So you kind of have to figure out the order you want to do it. So you're not having to uh, take that reset action. The, yeah, that mechanism always gets me because I want to go out to the last card and then trigger it. But there's times where it's like, no, it's it's more productive to actually trigger it now, even while I have two in my hand, so I can go ahead and get all my cards back. But I'm so stubborn. I'm like, no, I want to, I want to, it's going to be the last card every time, you know, um, which is why I often lose. <laughs> yeah, this is a great, great game. Well, well Shuck, what, what's your number five game? So we already talked about it as a, the pub's number five game, and that's Scythe. Oh, yeah. I enjoy yeah. Scythe quite a bit. Uh, it was number four last year for me, so it's pretty much the same. Right, right in that same, same, you know, yeah. One spot is not, is not, not necessarily a huge, huge jump. Um, I won't talk much about my number five. It's the pub's number two, Irish Gage. Uh, I will simply say that I love these Cube Reels games. If you, if you listen to the podcast, that's, that's no surprise. I would not be surprised as much as I love Irish Gage. Uh, I love that designer, Tom Russell. And he's got a um, a couple games. Number one, these are most of these are winsome reprints, and he's got a reprint of Iberian Gage coming out, which is slightly slightly meatier, just a little bit more meat on the bones, I think. And then um, he's also got a brand new game called uh, Dual Gage that that he has come out, and it's going to have multiple maps and whatnot, kind of like Concordia. And I'm, I'm very very excited about both of those, so I'm kind of interested to see next year. If because of its simplicity and the fact that Irish Gage is kind of beloved by my family, if that will carry this one to still be in my top five or top 10, or if just my love of the, the mechanisms the others add kind of push those up. So that, that's all I'll say about that. But yeah, so number five was, was Irish Gage there. We'll bring, uh, bringing us to number fours, uh, let's go around the bend back to Prepper Brian there. Uh, what's your number four, Prepper Brian? Uh, this will be one we've already talked about, and that is Scythe. This is my number uh, four. Yeah. So it was the pub number five and Shucks number five, and it's a great game, and we've talked about it a lot. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, and then I think we'll have we'll have a similar situation here with with you, just Brian. What's your number four? Yes, I am, am Lords of Vegas for number four. Never heard uh, of that game. No, yeah. never. It went up from last year, though. Um, okay, it was seven last year. So I think our recent plays of it the, over the last year that we've had um, have probably brought it up so yeah now uh, man yeah you can't say enough good things about that game sean what about you I, i'm actually excited to hear you talk about this game w- what's your number four number four was six last year which was new to my list as well and that was uh so jumped four, well it was new to my list last year it is is number four now uh signory which i hope oh. i pronounced that correctly is an amazing game and every time i play it it I just it kind of keeps going up on my list and it's fun um, Man, I, I like the online version. I like my I, I got a physical copy of it finally. And it's it's just so the engine building is what gets me. It's just, I love yeah. building my little engine on my board. And it <laughs> like I don't care about the randomness of the little collecting the, the houses, the flags or whatever they are. Yeah. The just. Yeah. As long as I can build my little engine and get it going. I'm having fun in that game. Yeah. I don't care if I'm winning. Man, you can build a cool little engine. Uh, it's dice placement. Um, 
trying to marry your nobles trying to marry your daughters off or something right part that's part basically of the game, but yeah um, yeah or send your sons send to, off the war or, or, or send your sons to the military yeah. and be yeah. successful right yeah so yeah. so Chuck, on on your engine on that game what's usually the first upgrade you go for i like getting the extra coins is usually one of the first okay. things i go for I, I think it just helps you to be able to do anything else that you need to do so that's a game that really rewards you if you spend the actions earlier in the game yeah. mm-hmm. that you feel like you don't want to. You, you, it feels like you're taking actions away from your turn to do these little upgrades. But then later in the game, you're like, oh, Shuck's doing six things on his turn because <laughs> he spent the first half of the game slow building. You know, That's so, what he did uh, last time. I think yeah. he won last time, did he not? And, and, and I think uh, last round, I had that horrible feeling of I don't think I could do much on one of my last turns. And it's because I didn't. I miscalculated some stuff and I didn't plan ahead well enough. And I want to say Shark uh, either won or beat me at least. Um, and that was, yeah, it was, yeah, was planning, right? You got to plan this game so well. Ray number four, Shark. Yeah, I like it. My number four is Blitzball. It's one that maybe not everyone has heard of. Uh, what essentially what it is, is it's almost like a Blood Bowl light. Well, that's not exactly accurate, but you know, it's, it's a like a shorter, quicker version of Blood Bowl essentially. And uh, if you if you haven't heard of that one, it's a Games Workshop game. This and Blitzball is actually only available uh, via Barnes and Noble, which is kind of unfortunate. But uh, it's essentially it's fantasy football. It's uh, but with fantasy races, and it's like a very fantasy, fantasy. very yeah yeah a very basic NFL ish football game. Uh, but it's more really just like a, a tactical miniatures game, honestly, with with a skin of of kind of some football and uh, it's great i think i want to say right now before we started podcasting i was counting my head i want to say i'm up to all 13 teams and i haven't played with all of them because some of them we haven't painted and i just assembled them but my son and i love it it's one that we play a lot it's it's you know it's a great two-player skirmish game once you get the rules down most games are an hour or less you can play it online via tabletop simulator which is what I've been playing most as in the pandemic because that system's a little clunkier, maybe an hour and 15, but man, I mean, it, it's, it's a great two player tactical minis game. Uh, and I, I love it. My son loves it. I basically, if it wasn't in my top five, I think he'd be upset with me. So yeah. And now is this one where you can, you can also score or, or att- obtain points by certain objectives during the round. It's not just getting, you know, yeah, uh, touchdowns, but you can also like bloody somebody and get points. Or the actual the idea is that you're kind of like the farm league. Like you want to be in the actual blood bowl team, and so your guys are out there playing, and coaches are standing on the sidelines saying things like, uh, "Break some bones, show me you can hit someone." And so if you actually injure someone, you get points. Gatticus has actually beat me where, and he's never scored. But all he did was just outplay me. He saw the cards come out. And there's like a little river. And he's like, well, I can do that and that and that. Okay, on my three my three activations, I'm going to throw a pass, uh, knock dad's guy down, and then break some bones. Okay, that's great. So there, there's these like little objectives that come out. So scoring is great, but you can't win on just scoring, or you usually don't win on just scoring alone. The thing I noticed about this is this is the biggest jump of all of our games on our list here, at least for our top fives. This was 31 for you last year. Man, you know, it had kind of slipped a little bit because my son and I had kind of gotten out of playing it last year. I looked at that, actually. I was surprised that it was that low. But I think what happened is my son and I got back into it. We started buying some more teams. And there's the whole hobby aspect of building, assembly. like I enjoy assembling them. I'm like a little kid and painting them. And so, yeah, I, I, thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, so this one jumped back up and, and it is uh, it is 
probably going to stay in the top 10 for a while. We have so many teams and we enjoy it. To me, it reminds me of your Nirushima Hex. Yeah, I was thinking that. that. I've got all these teams. I was thinking when you said I'm ready it. to play. Man, I'm like, oh, man, I want to play this team. I haven't played them yet, but I know they're really cool and they break the rules in this way. And So it's very much like Nirushima Hex. And I think for me, it hits that similar vein there. But moving on, uh, Proper Brian. And uh, oh, can, can we say it? Proper Brian and Just Brian? Go yeah, ahead and tell us. Your, we get a combo yeah. Yeah. Re- reach to the screen and hold hands and tell ready, us about ready. Can we can we say it together? Ready three. I don't know if we can. Shogun. 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 <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Shogun's our number three. We practice this. Yes, it is. <laughs> so the I think, and this isn't anything new. If you've read anything about that I've written about this or listened to anything that I've said about this, my favorite thing about it is the cube tower that decides the battles. It's essentially you pick up all the cubes that are involved in the battle. You drop them down this tower and what comes out the bottom determines the winner. And you avoid a bunch of dice chunking and it still has uh, the, the feel of, you know, kind of the randomness of battle. So the way this tower is constructed, there's ledges inside of it that can catch some of the cubes as they fall. So you can drop your cubes down there and knock some other ones loose and so if you have been losing a lot of battles, it could be because a lot of your cubes are stuck in that tower. And so it, that can actually, come out sometime. Yeah, that, sorry. It, it, can, it can turn the, the tide of battle, a future battle for you. It's like, oh, we, we came out strong because, you know, anyway. I feel like this game has a lot of good thematic notes as well. You got to kind of oppress your people a bit in order to get the taxes you need or the rice you need to feed your troops. And that could not go in your favor as rebellions hit the table. It's a really cool planning game. It's probably my favorite area control game. Uh, It is uh, obviously right now my favorite area control game. So, Well, Chuck, I'm I'm interested to hear you talk about your number three here. What's your number three? Number three has continued to rise. And this may be because we got to play it again during our Abicon this summer and that was russian railroads it's my favorite worker placement i like grabbing all the engineers and making everybody (laughs) mad that i got all the engineers (laughs) that's the only reason why you like the game is because you make people mad yeah because i shucks play yeah because i grab all the engineers no actually this last time i i did a little bit different than i normally do i well, we were strategy. watching. We were like coaching our uh, the people <laughs> learning it. Like, go get the engineer before Shuck can get it. Yeah, I didn't get quite as many as I wanted. <laughs> yeah, so you didn't get the engineers, but there's so many routes to victory. Yeah, right? so that, that's another reason I like it. There, you, you never get to do everything you want, but you can still do something <laughs> that will help you uh, in some way. And so it's once you kind of figure out the first couple of turns, you, you do kind of have, uh, I guess, a direction that you need to go, and you probably need to stick with it. If you try to get too thin in all the different areas, you're probably going to lose. It's, it's not you can kind of pick a strategy. Yeah, and you go have with to it, pick right? a strategy, but I like that there are multiple strategies and they're all viable. I've seen mul- mm-hmm. people win in all different kinds of ways. My favorite thing about the game is just the, the, the way the worker placement is in general. Like it's the, mm-hmm. the, you can go somewhere and spend less or you can wait a little bit, maybe spend a little bit of a bit, a bit more. Maybe it's not even as good of a thing that you get as the person that went there first, but, you still get to go. And so that's, yeah. I like that idea. And then there's the flexibility of the coin too, being able to use the coin as a worker, like you're hiring people off. And so it's just cool. I like it. Such a good Euro game, such a good worker placement game. I consistently lose at it, but I, I get to the end of the game. I'm like, well, what did you, 
how, what, what strategy could you try next time? Or you should have done this. Or, you know, why didn't you stop Shuck from getting engineers? You know, and just what, you know, whatever. Uh, the, there's so many paths to victory. They're all fun, right? I think you, you made that point that you can win in a, with a variety of different strategies and, and they're all fun. You know, you don't feel like you're railroaded. Um, well, I just, no pun intended there, in, into one one strategy, right? You pick something and, and you go with it, right? Also, um, we've been we've been hailing this game for many many years. It's been on our pub top five in the past, and but it's been also been out of print for a long time. But there is the rumor that they're going to re- be reprinting, hopefully in 2021. We don't have a hard answer on that. That's not straight from the publisher, but they posted pictures on their yeah. Facebook page. So we're really thinking that those of you who have not got to play Russian Railroads physically may be getting a chance if that rumor is true. They're calling it like what a, a, a big box version, basically, right? Yeah. So uh, Ultimate, yeah. Ultimate Railroad. Railroad. But, it's, but, Ultimate so, Railroad. but we don't know what that means. We don't know true. if, yeah. you know, we've just seen what everybody else has seen on Facebook. So, yeah. So my number three, Games Workshop games has kind of made an impression on me some of their smaller box games i'm not big fan of like say like the 40k like tabletop game or whatnot but i love me some space hulk i got i got my hands on a copy this year and this is one of those it's kind of new to me but it, it jumped up my list really high another one i play a lot with my son if you're not familiar with that whole universe just imagine it's it's kind of like aliens the game right like you've got these big tough marines with armor and they're fighting these creatures that tear them apart and you know like up close and they they run fast they're always hidden and you're in these tight corridors and you're whichever side you play there's there's various challenges right and the marines have more firepower but they're clunky and they they're slower and, and then the, the the other guys are the aliens are actually uh, we're called gene stealers the gene stealers are very very fast and have the element of surprise and some stealth and so it's a great little two-player game. The components are great. The board's great. Uh, for me, it's just uh, it's just fun. Uh, it, I always say about this one: they captured like lightning in a bottle. You know, like it, I don't I don't see how they could replicate this. You know, it, it's just it's it's this perfect little box that comes with a fun game. You know, I really enjoyed Space Hulk. It, it is definitely very swingy in yeah. a way, but like like in a good way, right? It's it's yeah. the it's what you want out of a dice chunker. You you want to have those epic fails and those epic hits. And and it's brutal. It's a yeah. game that doesn't apologize for it and it just owns it and it's fun. Yeah, and I think that's maybe that's what it is. Is that the game doesn't uh, try to be anything. Like it doesn't it is what it is. Like you said it doesn't apologize for it. And it, you know, yeah, it's going to be a little swingy, but yeah, it, still fun. So proper Brian, uh, carrying us on to, to our number twos. What uh, what's your number two game there? Uh, my number two game was previously in past years. I think since it came out in 2016, yeah, it was, was my number say. one game. So it's fallen a spot. Yeah, S- Star Wars Rebellion has fallen from my number one game, and that's probably because I have not played it, and probably because some other reasons that I'll explain when I get to my number one game. But Star Wars Rebellion is essentially the original Star Wars trilogy in a box. That's the best way to describe it. Uh, if you nice. want epic space battles, big you know ground battles, if you want to send Luke to Yoda to get trained, or if you want to send Leia to Yoda to get trained, you can. If you want to capture Chewbacca in Carbonite, you can. If you want to you know try to replay the original trilogy as is, uh, you can. Or you can just take all the characters and planets and ships and take it a completely different direction. So it's a really cool cat and mouse kind of game where the rebels base is hidden somewhere in the galaxy 
and the empire has to find them before they run out of time, basically, before the rebellion can amass enough support in the galaxy to overthrow them. One of the best things about this game is if you're sitting on the empire side, the galaxy feels giant and you're never going to find them. And if you're sitting on the rebel side, the galaxy feels so tiny and you know, they're going to, in the next move, they're going to find you. It just, it, it feels so good on, on both ends. I mean, you, you said this one theme through and through, right? I mean, it, 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 it is definitely. like you said, star Wars in a box, right? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think more so when they started implementing the um, we, last time I played it was about a year ago or so, but I got to play with the expansion battle cards, just the battle cards. I didn't tie in the rest of the expansion. And even that like brought even more of that thematic star Wars kind of things you want to see. You can play this card if you want, but if you happen to be flying the snow speeders, you got harpoons and tow cables. I mean, just every time I played it's, it's a blast. All right. Well, well, how about, how about your number two? Just Brian. My number two was also my number one last year, just as Robert Brian, so it went down a notch, and that is Gloomhaven. Still a great game, still a game that we love, and a game that I see us playing forever, as long as they keep churning out new product, I digs me some Gloomhaven. If you don't know what Gloomhaven is, it's a party style, or party, you take a party, not a party game, sorry. It's a, it's a game where you take a party of four <laughs> adventurers and you go adventuring they, they would be very and throwing parties. If you took it to a party. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, you go adventuring in a very RGPS cooperative game against AI monsters, and the world feels a lot like your Elder Scrolls type of world, but your, your card play is just very much thematic tactical and super fun. Yeah. We like it. It's it's one of my favorite uh, tactical games. I've been really debating buying the newer, less heavy version. Uh, what is it? The Lion. Do it. I, Jaws of the Lion. I've been really debating yeah. getting that one. I, I I probably will this year. To be honest, man, Jaws it's of the Lion is, is really good. Uh, it's it's great, uh, and it that one does a really great job of walking you into the mechanics. So you play like four missions before you actually throw in like all the cards. So, like, I played it with my daughter, who's 10 now. And, you know, like, the first mission, we're just mainly moving and attacking. That's all we're really doing. And then we start building, like, layers. And now um, we're, we're, I think we are on that fifth mission. It's, it's been a kind of a slow play, finding the time for it. But she loves it. So, you know, now, now she's got the mechanics down, and it, it's kind of neat. So I, w- I would recommend just kind of start to jump in and, and, and hijack your, your talk about Gloomhaven. But if anyone's interested, Gloomhaven, Charles of the Line would be a a good entry point. Well, Chuck, I want to man. I always enjoy hearing you talk about your number two. Uh, tell <laughs> tell us tell us your number two game, Chuck. Uh, this is my heavy version to my list, and that's Colonists. I've talked about it yeah. a lot on the uh, on the podcast. It's very very um, in depth worker placement. Um, well, I, you know, I guess I said Russian Railroad was my favorite worker placement. This technically is also worker placement, but I, I feel like it's more of a sieve building game than anything. There's just a lot going on. I guess you could consider it kind of a solo-ish type of game, but there's enough interaction for me that it's it's fine. It doesn't bother me. The building of your city, colony, empire, whatever you want to call it, like I, I guess it's technically a colony. Building these little interactions and then you go out and make allies with other colonies and then they, they give you little bonuses. So there's kind of like a small yeah. little engine building aspect to it. And there's just a lot going on. I, I feel like I've gotten a, a decent teach on the thing. It's taken me some time 
to get all that put together. There are quite a f- that's a challenging one. There are quite a few yeah. pages, probably like was it thirty some odd pages of rules. There are a lot of rules, uh, a lot going on. But there's also four eras, so you don't have to go all the way. And I actually haven't gone all the way to the fourth era yet. I think I've only gone to era three, but I still really enjoy the game. I really want to play it a lot. I just don't usually have the time. I enjoy this one, and I will say when you pull off a cool move that like took you a couple turns to build, I had to get everything or I had to get everything I needed to build this new building, or I, I kind of maybe comboed something, like you were saying, where I had that alliance with one of the, the neutral colonies, and it gave me some bonus that I used to build a building other people can't build yet. You know, like there's moments in that game that feel really good, like, yeah, you know, like I just I did something cool. And yeah, that game, man, that game has a lot. I mean, you've you alluded to it. it's got a lot in it, right? But it's it's a fun game. It's also very heavy physically. <laughs> oh yeah, you you can bludgeon someone with a box. It's 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 heavy in, in multiple ways. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, and and talking about like heavy euros. Uh, well, I mean, my number two is one we've already talked about, Madeira. And I, you know, I'll, I'll kind of like. Uh, Back to back, another hero, heavy euro would actually is my, my number one is actually the gallerist, which was the uh, the pub's top number four. So uh, yeah, I um, I'm definitely I guess a heavy euro guy, and uh, and that's that that's just hey I'm okay with it I I own it and I, I love it with some blitz ball thrown in <laughs> yeah you're with some blitz ball yeah I was about to say all that all that games workshop stuff hasn't converted you completely over you're still no no, no, no never never well we'll bring this back around to our y'all's number ones uh proper brian what, what's your number one game there my number one game of 2020 is eclipse it's a game that has been in my top 10 my probably my top five for mm-hmm. a very long time and it finally jumped up to my number one spot i think this is the first time it's been my number one which is mm-hmm. interesting to me trying to think about why number one it's a great game uh it's a giant space 4x game where you're going out and you're trying to find new new planets to colonize and utilize their resources Uh, it has a great economic system in it everything is really tied together in the game right the action system the economic system and the way you move on on the on the board and everything is really tied together well mechanically it's one of those games that has some very Euro-y type of mechanics in it with some really dice chunky Ameritrashy style combat. So it combines uh, two of my favorite things in games. But I was trying to think about, aside from the fact that it's a great game, why did it jump up so much? And I think there are two reasons. One was the second edition came out and there's been lots of talk about it. I didn't get it yet. Um, but the other reason, and this is kind of funny, I was thinking about, it, I was like, I watched a review of the second edition by shut up and sit down and they did such a good job explaining what I loved so much about this game. I was just like, yep, 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 yep. And so <laughs> when I, when I went to rank it, it just, it was uh, very fresh in my brain of why I love it. And so it ended up at my number one spot and it deserves it. It's eclipse. That game marries the Euro and thematic elements like no other game i've 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 ever been exposed to so thank you for suggesting you're the you're how i found out about that game. so eclipse ended up being the pubs number 10 game overall oh there you go so, yeah i i enjoy so, the tech tree that's my favorite part mm-hmm. well uh just brian what what's your number one game number one game was my number two so they swap places this year uh it's madeira so there you have it we've talked a lot about Madeira. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Madeira is good. It's, it's a number one game. 
All right. Well, Shuck, how, how about you in their top five for us? Oh. Um, and yeah, what's your number? Your number one. What could Shuck's number one game be? I don't I mean, know. I, you let, know, let, I really hate this game. Apparently, I, I just absolutely <laughs> despise it. No, Deus is my favorite. It's been my favorite for like four or five years. I, I mean, it's it's gonna take a lot to knock it off. That's that's all I gotta say. Man. Uh, <laughs> I will say uh, a regret I have for 2020 is is I actually wanted to play this with you pretty badly in 2020 and you know just the way things were right the the pandemic and everything uh we weren't able to make it happen and so maybe maybe 2021 will be will be good in that it'll allow you and i to play deus again Uh, i want to play it with you that's good Uh, i liked it but i always love hearing you talk about it it makes me want to play it more so yeah i want to play this with you big fan of deus personally so yeah, it's um. I think I think I, I I don't know if we played it all last year with everything going on. I think maybe our last play was 2019, Chuck, when we when we played with Ned. It might have been. It's I didn't get it or out. If it was much. early, yeah, no, it was. Uh, but no, that goodness gracious, that was so much fun. Just well, now we need to play uh, it. I, now you're making me want to bring it to the the pub getaway. What? Don't I've already got my list yeah. made. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Well, I think that's a great game to end and the list on because it's, you know, is we, some of our lists, we've seen some changes. We've seen some shifts in the number ones. Uh, and then there's, there's Deus, there, which is, is, is consistently number one. I, I love to see it there. Cause I know I, I love to hear you talk about it. You love that game so much. Every time you talk about it, you can kind of just kind of see it in your face. This is a game you genuinely love. Well, guys, I think, uh, man, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of lists for one night, right? But uh, thank, thanks for getting together. Thanks for uh, and kind of talking about our, our list. I think it was interesting how, you know, obviously we're going to have some crossover with that pub top five because it's drawn from our individual list. But we still had quite a few on there that, that um, you know, that we each individually love uh, personally. And I always, always enjoy kind of getting to get inside your heads a little bit with these kind of lists and, and see where you guys are and why certain games swap and, and whatnot. And uh, if you're listening to this and you have a top five, shoot us an email or – uh, you know, message us on Twitter or whatnot. Let us know what your top five is. And as always, thanks for talking games, and uh, we'll see you guys next episode. Thanks for listening to the Bub Meeple Podcast. If you enjoyed our content, like and subscribe. Share with your friends. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at pubmeeple.com or our website, www.bubmeeple.com, home to the board game ranking engine. And always remember, support your local breweries. 